to the Strictly Anonymous Podcast. Conversations with online strangers. We place ads online. Craigslist is definitely the gift that keeps on giving. Real people respond. You go to Singapore or Thailand. You can't not do it. The temptation is just too much. Real problems. Does your friend know that you're banging her? No, he has no idea. And anything goes. Motto of the show, let your Greek flag fly. Probably the only good advice I'll ever give you is to rehide your whips and chain. Here is your host, Kathy. Hey, welcome to Strictly Anonymous Podcast with Kathy. If you want to follow Strictly Anonymous Podcast on uh, social media, Twitter, uh, Instagram, <laughs> follow me at Strict Anonymous. If you're listening to this episode in video format on YouTube, make sure to subscribe to my channel, like and share my videos. If any of you people listening want to see anonymous pics of my anonymous guests, if you want to get these episodes three days earlier than anybody else, uh, sign up for my Patreon. It's only $3 a month. And you get literally pictures of these people that are calling in anonymous pics, no faces. Um, and you also get these episodes earlier than anybody else uh, for just $3 a month. Go to patreon.com slash strictly anonymous podcast. I also have another tier on there that people that are listening to this episode would be interested in. And that's a whole Panios fetish tier. There's a lot of extra exclusive Panios content on there. You pay $7 a month for that and it's totally worth it. I have interviews with pantyhose girls on Instagram, women that are into pantyhose. I have reviews of pantyhose. I slept in pantyhose and told you all about it, Tell, told my patients all about it. You want to see all that extra content about pantyhose? You have a pantyhose fetish? You want to sign up. It's only $7 a month. Pa- uh, you go to patreon.com slash strictly anonymous podcast. Uh, make sure to subscribe to my show if you're listening to this, uh, you know, on a podcast app. Subscribe to my show. If you could give me a review, if you could write one, a really nice one that's awesome. If you could just, if it's, you don't feel like writing one, just give me a five-star review. Those help the show as well. Um, I'm taking a break on taping people, um, but I will tape women. Or anyone out there that has a, like a, a fetish or a story that you think I've never heard about that's like really fucking good. Like if you like to shit on your girl, <laughs> sorry, but like I'll have you on. I'll tape you. If you're a woman, uh, I'll tape you because, uh, you know, female guests are always like the most downloaded. Um, but for right now, I'm taking a break because I'm just so backed up on episodes. I don't have, uh, I, I'll never be able to air them all. And I'm not tape. I'm not airing two episodes a month. I'm too busy, so uh, I'm gonna take off from taping people. But if you are, like I said, a woman, or you have like an uh, you, a story that you think I've never heard before that's like amazing, um, send me an email. It's strictly anonymous podcast at gmail.com, and I'll have you on the show. Today I have on a guy named. Zane. Oh, wait, I also do something on my Patreon that I think is really great. If you want to be on the show and like, you know, do what the people do on my show, which is confess to me or just talk to me. But you want to do it on the down low because you don't want to ever you don't want me to air your episode. I offer that on my Patreon as well. It's $60 for a 45 minute call. You could use your time any way you want. It's not taped. It's not recorded. But uh, but I will. But I can send you. I can tape it and just send you a link if you want to hear it. But most people don't do that. Um, you could sign up through my Patreon.com slash Strictly Anonymous Podcast. Or you could just email me and we could set that up through PayPal. Okay. So today I have on a guy named Zane. I taped poor Zane's episode 
like eight months ago. I mean, there's a lot of people that I taped eight, eight months ago that still haven't aired. That's why I'm not taping anymore. But um, I forgot about his episode. I'm airing it now. Uh, Zane is bipolar. He's into pantyhose. Uh, but we didn't get that much into his pantyhose fetish because there's so much other stuff that's going on with him, right? Um, uh, we do get into the pant. Like the first thing we get into is his pantyhose fetish, like how it started, uh, how uncomfortable he is and self-conscious he is about it. He happens to be bipolar. Uh, we talk about that a lot. Uh, he did, uh, What I mean, what would you even say? What's the proper grammar? He engaged with PayPal. I never heard about pay pigs. I didn't know what the fuck a pay pig was, but they're, uh, you'll hear about them in this episode. He had a whole thing going on with some pay pigs who were flight attendants who were sell- selling their pantyhose and pics of them in pantyhose, and he was doing business with them. And it went like south, right? It, it didn't turn into a good situation. You got to hear the whole story. It's not like any one person is wrong. They were both kind of wrong. He cops to it. Uh, but that's an interesting story. And he's had some other kind of, you know, bordering on boundary issue situations uh, in his life. And we talk about another one where he got fired from his job due to it was kind of sexual harassment. Right. Um, and uh, he explains how that happened, why it happened. He's very you know, open about his issues. He knows who he is, right? Um, But he has some issues and we discuss them. The other one is that he's really attracted to unavailable women. Now, I could relate to that because I've been that way most of my life. So we talk a lot about that. And there's like one woman in particular that he's been interested in and in a relationship with uh, for a long time. It's not a solid relationship because she's married, (laughs) or engaged to somebody else. Uh, and he can't let go of her. And it's and he needs to. So we talk about how he's, uh, you know, he can't let go of her, how he can let go of her. Um, we talk about the law of attraction and how, you know, and we talk about, like I said, that sexual harassment that happened at his work that he got fired over and that kind of stuff goes back to his anxiety issues and his bipolar uh, tendencies and how he sabotages and uh, all that good stuff. Now, I'm happy to say that Zane, I talked to him a long time ago, Zane has come a long way and has been through a lot and he's on the other side of some troubled times and he's doing really well now. So that's the good part of this story right if I would have aired this eight months ago it wouldn't have been so he wasn't in a good place but um in on this episode you get the backstory and it's interesting and he's like I said he's super honest and uh so I'm gonna be right back on with Zane this is the Strictly Anonymous podcast oh hey Zane welcome to Strictly Anonymous podcast how are you today I'm good Kathy how are you doing today I'm doing good. So you're a pantyhose guy, right? You, I, I am a pantyhose guy. I guess it's one of the most common yet, I guess, embarrassing fetishes to have. It's it's weird. Yeah, why is it embarrassing? I think, you know, uh, it is common, right? That's something yeah, that I learned common, and yep. was very surprised to learn about through doing my show for so many years. Um, and I get the, I don't get the embarrassing thing because I think, it's one of the most easiest fetishes for a woman 
as a partner to swallow, right? That her that her guy would have. I think it's a little bit harder when the guy's like, "Oh, I want to wear them and fuck you," than "Oh, I just want to see you wear them," you know. But I I I have heard, yeah, and I think a lot of you know I still have people calling into my show that are you know living secret lives with their pantyhose, you know, fetish. So what? How exactly. how does it express itself in your life? I mean, every guy is totally different. So my story with pantyhose has, I guess, been going back to just, it, this is going to sound weird, but the, the, the most earliest memory I have of being obsessed with pantyhose is, of all things, like Barker's Beauties on The Price is Right when I would stay home. Oh, hilarious. Mm-hmm. Like, like I, I love would just, The Price is Right. Was, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I would just, I would get fascinated with the model's legs. And, you know, sometimes they would sheen, which made me realize that they had something on them. Mm-hmm. And, you know, yeah, you know. I'm and sure the other went, people felt the same way, right? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And then as I got older, you know, uh, I started, you know, paying more attention to, I guess, some female relatives, you know, that would wear, um, you know, because at that time, you know, I was born in 84. So growing up, you know, the business attire, you know, was was appropriate for that type of time for women in the office and, you know, fashion, you know, of the 20, uh, you know, 20 year olds and stuff, you know, they were you know, rocking the tights with, you know, you know, the jean shorts and whatnot, you know, yeah. the 80s and the big hair. So, you know, it, it was around when I was growing up. Um, I would say that it really started manifesting itself, obviously, when I hit puberty and I was able to learn how to start, you know, jacking off and, and coming and all that kind of stuff. Right. Um, when you would you put know, it together that it gave you a sexual pleasure. feeling, right? Yeah, that sexual feeling, pleasure, yeah. physical mm-hmm. pleasure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So... You know, I I guess would start doing what every normal person who has that kind of fetish does is they would go where it's most easily accessible. And, you know, like when I was young and I'd stay home sick and watch The Price is Right, once I got older and I was home from school and, you know, I would I would sneak into mom's draw, mm-hmm. you know, and, and feel and I'd put on and wear and, you know, it was kind of like a twofold sort of thing. Like, you know, I felt incredibly sexy and pleasured and calm and it also kind of warped me a little bit to be like I didn't know my mom could have these types of things you know right. so it, it kind of gave me a, uh, a perception you know that I wasn't used to in that regards um, and then since then what do you, you know, mean by that I you know what I think I think what happens is is that I would say for even most females in in, in some guy's life like friends or you know uh sisters, mothers, you know, I, I think that it's hard sometimes to envision them as being sexual, you know? Oh, like, right, right, right. Like, well, because it was sexual for you, you started, right, even though it wasn't, your mother wasn't using them in a sexual way, but because they were, in your mind, filed that way, you saw it as right. that, your mom's that, sexual side. Yeah, that's, mm-hmm. that's completely fair. That's completely yeah. fair, you know, but it was like, it was like finding the different ones with her, like, you know, the thigh highs, yeah, yeah. the ones with garter belts, the, you know, yeah, yeah, the, yeah. Uh-huh. even the crotchless panties that would go with them, you yeah. know? So, like, it, it was a whole mind-opening sort of um, experience, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. So, you know, as, as I got older on my own, you know, I would start paying more attention to pantyhose porn on the Internet. You know, I would start looking up things like foot jobs and and leg jobs and, and you know, um, you know, type of some type of, you know, femdom, you know, stuff that could go with 
um, you know, the pantyhose fetish. And I just sort of developed into it. And it's become one of, if not the most sort of, um, you know, predominant fetish that I have mm-hmm. when it comes to sexual fantasies and stuff. Um, you know, I think um, my the hardest part for me with it is is that I have, um, you know, diagnosed with like bipolar 2, general anxiety. Mm-hmm. So I have a very hard time being comfortable with the fetish and expressing the fetish outside of, you know, the Internet, hiding behind an avatar, you know, or an Instagram right. account mm-hmm. or something mm-hmm. like that. Um, and I can tell you this, skipping ahead a little bit, yeah. just bringing up Instagram, um, I was not aware of the huge fet and kink market on Instagram for, like, feet pics and pantyhose pics. It, it blew me away. Um, and, of course, you know... I didn't even know that exist, existed. It does. Right, it, okay, that's a, interesting. Mm-hmm. There's a very very black underground market yeah. um, on Instagram for these type of, for these types of pictures and accounts. Um, I can tell you that I had the most, if you will, success in getting pictures mm-hmm. um, from people on Instagram were flight attendants. Um, really? Because How come? They are, they are used to it. They, they know that there is a fetish for the uniform. Um, you know, the whole, the whole sort right. of attire. Yeah. Um, so, you know, they do their best to keep it on the down low, but they have no problem, you know, making some extra money because obviously oh. the travel is great, but there's no there's no real economic perk of being a flight attendant. But or, somewhere, know, somebody once told somebody who told somebody, and it's like the game of telephone, the word got out with these girls, these women, right, that they could do this and there's a yeah. market for it. It's interesting. Yeah, I would never have known that. Uh-huh. Um, and, you know, it's it, it's... It's it's weird <laughs> um, <laughs> because you have a lot of um, different types of of roles and you know turn ons with the fetish. Um, you know, a lot of time there is um, a um, you know like a, a dominant role for these these people selling the pictures. You know, a lot of people are more into the submissive sort of foot worship and, and things. Um, I learned a term that I never heard of before during this called uh, a pay pig. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I've never heard of that. Right. But that yeah, would be them um, being the dom and the person buying. They're being the dominant yeah. and yeah, the guys are getting off on, on giving away their money. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah. A just pay to, pig. You know, Interesting. Mm-hmm. A pay pig. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that opened my mind and I got to admit, like, it, once I get sort of into discovering, like, the sexy underworld of things, yeah. if you will, um, it blows my mind. Like I start obsessing uh, over things, I start compulsing on it. Um, so I started buying all kinds of different pictures from all different kinds of flight attendants. Um, you know, it became an obsession. Um, mm-hmm. and, and How much do they charge? Probably, it would depend on the model, but or like the, the average, yeah, if you will, mm-hmm. um, like some, a round. Some were very happy sending pictures for $50. Others mm-hmm. would do like five or a hundred, you know, right. it, it would, it would depend on how important I guess they would feel themselves to be and how much the person was willing to, to pay to see. And you know? the, what you so, were getting were pictures of them in their tights or their outfit. Yeah, their whole were, outfit. Yeah, exactly. So, but what happened is uh, some of them are, you know, obviously they hide their face because of yeah. their issues with the, the, the airlines. That's what I would figure. Yeah. You know, 
Good news. Strictly Anonymous Podcast is looking for people to call into the show. So if you lead an interesting, naughty secret life that you want to talk about while remaining anonymous or not anonymous, if you're out and proud, that's cool too. Send me an email, strictlyanonymouspodcast at gmail.com. That's strictlyanonymouspodcast at gmail.com. Or go to my website, strictlyanonymouspodcast.com and click on be on the show. If you have a short confession that you want to get off your back, call my confessions hotline, 347-420-3579. That's 347-420-3579. You could call that number 24-7. I change all the voices on the confessions too, so you remain anonymous. The number, the website, and the email address will all be in the description. Yeah. Um, so with the ones that I've uh, done business with, they hide their face. Some of them are in part of uniform. Um, like maybe you can see their skirt and their legs. I've had some just take their bottom off, like when they've been in layover and just shown like their actual pantyhose bottoms, uh, mm-hmm. you know, they, they waist down. Um, I've never really gotten anyone to do nudity, which is fine. I totally respect that. Um, yeah. I'm more into the, you know, the, the pantyhose side of things. Anyway, um, yeah. like, and there was, I, I really got involved in it, and there was like this, this Instagram account. Um, they're not around anymore. Um, the the name was In Flight Dolls, and I can say that because they're they're not active anymore. Yeah. Um, there was like four or five girls involved with that site, mm-hmm. and and you know I won't name the names, but some of them were more into the lifestyle of domination than others. Mm-hmm. Um, and um when I was sort of like really, really getting treated as a, as a submissive during the whole thing, you were a pay um, pig. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I didn't, it, it didn't sit well with me and, you know, it kind of started affecting my low self-esteem again. And, and, you know, I realized that wasn't part of the, the kink or fetish life that I was into. I, I don't, right. I don't you were like attracted to it in a negative way. It was like a dark yeah, thing. I don't, yeah. I don't, you know, I don't need to be degraded. I don't need yeah, to be yeah, yeah. down mm-hmm. to, I'm very willing to give you money for what we're doing, but you know, don't don't treat me like an a-hole. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. You know? right. Um, so when I decided that I was going to start cutting back on them um, in terms of the money I spent, um, I actually got like a phone call um, from an unmarked no- name, uh, unmarked number on my f- cell phone when I was at work one day, mm-hmm. and they're saying, you know, you shouldn't have done this to so and so. We know, who, you know, who you are. Blah blah blah. It was crazy. Like, you mean like just saying old, I'm not I'm not buying anymore? To just because you yeah, decided not, not to be anymore. a customer? I don't I don't like how you guys are treating me. You know, uh, it's over. It's done. So then they you called know. you to strong arm you, but what was the purpose of that call to to say to try to get you back? Try to sort of like, like I guess try to get the money back in terms of like I you know the strong arm extortion. Hey, we know who you are. We can tell people what you're doing. Oh, I think. wow! And you know. And I actually reached out on social media to one of the airlines and like there was a whole big sort of like investigation into it. I don't wait know a first... second. Wait, wait, wait. Oh, wait. I, yeah. This is kind of fascinating to me. So they, you tell them, like you realize in your just personal journey that you just don't want that. You don't want to be a pay pig anymore, right? You let them know, yeah. I, I need to cut that off. But, uh, you know, maybe you'll still continue to buy from them. I don't know what that was, that exchange. Did you say that you would still continue to buy or... 
Did you really put that no, down? I, in your, I, yeah. I, you know what? What happened was I was getting to a point where I was getting too obsessed with it. Yeah. And I needed a. I needed to go cold turkey yeah. for a little while. Uh-huh. Um, so that's what it was. And I told them, you know, I wasn't happy with the certain people that I was interacting with on that account, and I said, you know, I, you know, I'd really kind of hate, you know, this to continue. And you, you know, something happened where we all get in trouble. And then the next day. Is when oh, I so got they a, probably took that as threatening. You kind of threatened them, maybe. I maybe maybe it did kind of. I, I see it can probably kind of came off as a threat. But what what I really meant was I need we need to stop this because everyone could get in trouble, meaning myself and them. You know, I wasn't right. Trying but let to me ask you them. this though, um, Zane, you just didn't like it for yourself, personal personally right like it was just something you needed to stop for yourself personally that was always on me i wasn't trying to get them to stop doing what they were doing you know they can continue they could find the next guy and, right, and go you, on you, who is happy with that right but you but it seems like the message you gave them wasn't really that it seems like you twisted that into something else like you know they should totally stop what they're doing and what they're doing is wrong it just was wrong for you you know what? It, it it might have come out that way yeah. at the time because of the emotions that I was I was yeah, having, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, which is yeah, which is uh, which has always been a problem of mine in terms of right. staying tempered and present. Yeah, um, <laughs> right. So yeah. I can understand why they took it the way they did. Right. So they um, take it as a threat, and then what happens when they come back to you? So they, uh, I've never talked to any of these people on the phone. Yeah. I How do they even have your number? I don't know. Oh, they that just fucking the found thing. it. Well, you could get numbers nowadays. You can. Yeah, yeah, that's what was weird, you know. So they called me and they blocked their number. Yeah, um, they had your address. They, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, so they, they left a message saying, you know, you need to think about what you're going to do if, if you're going to affect so-and-so. And they said, like, we know we know who you are. And they yeah. hung up. It was yeah. a voicemail. And okay. I was like, okay, we're done. Like, yeah. like I... I mean, I've I've lost the job I had at that time since, so it's not a big deal. But yeah. you know, I'm freaking out, thinking what's going to happen to me. You know, am I going to get embarrassed with like dirty laundry yeah. on the internet? Mm-hmm. You know, so I I'm all for you know people. Let me just put this: when I felt like I got threatened, I I really overreacted, and that's how I like reached out for help. To one well, of the I think listen, this is everyone's overreacting, but the the yeah. the first thing came from you. Like you threw the ball, and it like it's like it's like a game, right? You just kind of hit it the was. ball in it a different felt, way, yeah. and they're like, "Oh, I gotta hit it back," you know. And then it just gets worse and worse, right? You th- kind of yeah. threaten them, they overreact and come back at you, and then you overreact and come back to them, you know. And now you got fucking drama, you know, and, oh, and, and messy. Drama. drama yeah absolutely and yeah. you know what i unfortunately that's that's part of my life um in the sense of i unfortunately create drama everywhere i go because when i you know i, I have you no up, happy probably me- yeah i have no yeah. happy medium yeah you know mm-hmm. i'm either i'm either 100 percent full you know full speed ahead no stop yeah. or you know i can't be bothered right you know so right. that's okay. you know i yeah well, listen, you know yourself, right? You know that that's what you do. So let, let me just hear about the trauma, though. It's kind of interesting. So you, they come back and say, we're going to, you, you better not say anything because we know who you are, right? And this will get out. You get freaked out. But how do you get them? You go to the airlines or what, what happens next? I reached out on social media. I tweeted one of the airlines and I said, I'm having an issue with, with one of your employees. Can someone DM me? So I reached out because I, I, I was feeling threatened. Like you said, everyone was feeling threatened. So 
I overreacted. I reached out to one of the airlines. Uh, I said, if someone can DM me, please, you know, I need to speak to someone about an employee. Oh, my God. I wish I was your friend. I would have more. I would have taken your phone away from you and been like, "What the fuck is the wrong thing to do?" I have I have an unfortunate sort of knack for overreacting. <laughs> yeah, in, in emotion. yeah, I do. It is, I mean, and I that mean, wasn't very thought through because, like, you're gonna. You, the last thing you want is for anyone to know your business. And now, yeah. so you put them on blast. You're, you know, I don't know. I'm just curious how this ends. So you call the. The era. It ended. It ended with the, the account going away, the person disappearing and not bothering me anymore, and me yeah. moving on. And there was there was no, as far as I know, I don't think the girl lost her job right. um, okay. that was running the account. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, we, I, I moved on. Yeah. You know, okay. I, I learned my lesson, and you know, I, I at least try to take that with me everywhere I go. You know right. that I uh, I learn from you know mistakes or even good you know even good things. You Listen, know, that's all a you learning moment from it. Of course, that's all you could do, and that's what's most important. So you don't have to keep getting learning that. Like you know, listen, if you don't learn it, it just keeps happening. Then right, that's the that's the way life works. And you know, we all make mistakes. I think the hardest thing is like forgiving yourself for them, and but then taking from what you learned and moving ahead and trying not to do it again. Right. I mean, right. Exactly. That's all you exactly. could do. Mm-hmm. So that went away and you didn't that like, went away. we right. And it didn't go on blast. Like, I mean, it could have ended worse. Let me tell you. So that was, it, a, it absolutely could have, it absolutely could have. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, and so, you know, that, and that, that issue or that, part of the story you know ended at that time yeah um i've since found new people to purchase content from Mm -hmm. if you will and Mm -hmm. uh keep it very professional don't you know get obsessed with it you know don't try to i guess sort of have the the artist or the influencer substitute sort of the real relationships i'm kind of looking for Mm -hmm. because because what what's weird with me and why i get embarrassed with um the pantyhose fetish is that i'm I guess it makes you feel less less masculine as a guy because, like me, I I like wearing, I like how it feels yeah. on my dick. Mm-hmm. You know, like I I enjoy it, and so you know, macho macho man, you feel very sort of you know less of a man if you guess you kind of vocalize and speak these things out. I mean, in 2020, that we shouldn't have a problem with that. Yeah. You know, but you know the way you're brought up, a man is a man, a woman is a woman. You know, unfortunately, my household that's that's the way it was. You know, so mm-hmm. there's there's the stigma of expressing that side of myself. You know, so I wouldn't, I don't necessarily have. I haven't gotten to the point with a girlfriend or a relationship where I've been able to get even get to that point where we can even start discussing something like that, you know? So they've um, never known. It's always been a secret life. To be honest with you, it's, mm-hmm. it's always been a secret because I have not had um, a quote-unquote girlfriend ever um, in my life. Like, I've had some friends that I've had really strong emotional and spiritual connections with. I've, I've had a couple of people I've dated, but it maybe lasted two or three dates. Um, so I've always been repressed. I've always kept these things inside. So when it comes to the flight attendants or when it comes to, you know, going to the, you know, massage parlors, if you will, and, and having, you know, a happy ending or more with a masseuse, like that's how I've expressed myself. That's how I've gotten my physical sort of needs and, you know, uh, Matt, right. When did you yeah. lose your virginity? How old were you? Um, I can tell you this specifically to the date um it was likely the saturday after 
uh, Superstorm Sandy hit New Jersey <laughs> I remember in 2012. That date. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. So how because, old were you then? Uh, I was 28. Wow. Yeah. I and was who was that with? Considering you've never had girlfriends, like was it a paid kind of situation? It was with the it was with a paid professional. Mm-hmm. Yes, I uh, I actually went to a local um, masseuse parlor, um, yeah. and I had um, one of the ladies there, um, and I of all things brought pantyhose with me. Right. And I asked her if she, and I asked her if she would wear them, and she did, and I lost my virginity that day. Right. And how was it after so long? Was it um, a great experience? Was it just here or there? It's always interesting for me to ask that question because it's not always. Yeah, it was like amazing, even though you would think it would. Be. So, so this is this is what I took away from it. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually could do or do out or do or do without like vaginal intercourse. Like mm-hmm. that is what it is. You yeah. know that that that's fine. Um, I was really more into it, obviously, because she let me. She let herself wear pantyhose um, and. She let me, you know, fuck her feet. She let me, you know, rub my cock on them. Yeah. And she let me jizz on them when I was done, mm-hmm. you know? So, so like, that fantasy was, like, I finally fulfilled it. That's what the biggest, like, sort of joy and memory of that day was. Right, with a person, because um, it was probably a always a fantasy. Yeah, uh-huh. It's always been my left hand in, you know, ex-hamster or porn hub. Yeah, you know? Uh-huh. <laughs> so it's, you know, it's, right. it's always been, it's always been, you know, difficult. Um mm-hmm. And I will say this, I think the last time I actually had sex, intercourse sex, was about a year or two later. Um, I remember being in Montreal away with another uh, professional. And, mm-hmm. you know, I might have been 29, 30 years old, and it's going on five years since I've had, uh, since I've had sex. You know, yeah, I, I was going to ask you, has it always, so it's been two times in your life that you've had sex? Pretty much. Right. Pretty much. So, and you've never times. had yeah. with a, a person that you haven't paid for, like a, no relationship, even a one night stand with a woman. No, I, I mean the the girls, the girl that I had the the most night stands with only ended in really sort of, you know, making out and groping each other. But there was never any, you know, inner, you know, any even even a hand job. You know, there was never even that. You know, so mm-hmm. so yeah, so I I have very little experience, and I have very low self-esteem because I, I, I overthink, you know, why I don't have so much experience. You know, I either right. blame it on my, which come my physical fr- well, Which came first, you know what I mean? The chicken or the egg. It's probably the overthinking uh, is what caused that, right? But you, you keep yeah. thinking and you never get to the point where you're, you're fucking thinking that's the problem. Well, that's the thing. Yeah. I, you know, I, you know, as, as a kid, you know, I remember being happy-go-lucky, you know, but somewhere a switch flipped and I started thinking people would abandon me, people would leave me to get into But did something happen that you could put, you know, peg as the of, of why that switch went off? Was there some so sort I, of a, so, so so the two things I can think of yeah. that are sort of the biggest uh traumatic moments of my life are my mom and dad splitting up in uh in 94 and mm-hmm. getting divorced in mm-hmm. 96. Uh it was not pretty mm-hmm. uh, at all. Um and then I uh, I, act the, I actually fell in love with a girl um, from in March of 2012, mm-hmm. um, and we were inseparable. We were always together. Um, you know, we we slept in the same bed, but we never had sex, and it went on for for months. Like I fell in love with her. How old um, are you at that time? Was, but she was engaged. How old were you though at that time? 
I was I was twenty seven. Okay. Mm-hmm. And, and how old I, were you I, when your parents divorced? Uh, Way younger, nine. right? Yeah, nine. I, was around, I was nine when they split up. Yeah, yeah that's a that's a rough age. That's a d- interesting age. You know, a, a difficult age. You know. Oh yeah, you know, mm-hmm. and, I, and I and I and I definitely can circle that era of my childhood between like nine and you know seventeen, going to college, eighteen, going to college, as you know, being a a big uh, you know trying. It just feels like I was like Indiana Jones trying to chase you know getting run over by that big boulder. Like mm-hmm. that's what that time period feels for me. It was just like trying to what's survive the boulder? And, and get the boulder is just life itself. The boulder was you know a lot of. Um, life itself, the issues I had with my dad, the issues I had with my mom, you know, my dad, my dad's kind of like a drunk, you know, mm-hmm. he, he, he loves his, you know, cocktail at five o'clock yeah. and he gets into a certain way and I can't, I can't deal with my father, mm-hmm. you know, but when my father and my mother split, there was a time where my father had, um, you know, failed drug tests uh, by the court and instead of agreeing to see us with my great grandmother of all people as the as the, the mediator, he just gave up on us. He decided not to see us during that time. Oh, so know? that's another so, abandonment. It's not right. Yeah. Yeah, there's a, yeah. A, yeah. So and then mom, after she split up and I was getting older, you know, and you know, AOL was the was the hot thing of online yeah. dating. You meet people in the chat room. You know, she was meeting people. You know, she wouldn't necessarily bring them around us, but you know, when we were away with dad on visitation, when mm-hmm. he had us, she'd you know go to places like Kansas, you know, or Wisconsin, you know, <laughs> to meet these guys that you know she uh, she would you know she was meeting, yeah, um, you know, at the time. And it's funny because at that point is when I started finding some of the emails and, and instant messages that she was writing uh-huh. um, to, to these guys. And, like, that's when I found, like, her overnight bag with, like, her thigh highs in it. So, like, that was when things really started to change in that regards, too, in terms of how I feel, how I started to, to view mom. You oh, know, well, you that, saw that, a side to her that most people don't see, right? Because you right, were snooping exactly. around her stuff. And what were, like, what, was it very explicit email yeah. that you would read I, re- I, rem- I remember an email I remember one part of an email specifically mentioning um, and this was I guess the lover at the time um, having her lips wrapped around his head <laughs> right oh yeah yeah you know so, yeah. so it's like holy shit mom what the hell mm-hmm. <laughs> you know like you like you learn the birds and the bees you know mom and dad have sex and you're born you know but yeah you never think of mom giving some dude a blowjob in thigh highs, you know. Right. So it's, mm-hmm. it's it's like shocking, you know. Um, and then yeah, you know, then I went to high school and I really didn't come into my own until I was away in college. Um, and even in college, you know, I I fell in love more than I fell sort of in lust for people. More like unrequited um, love kind of thing, like yeah, from afar, yeah, in your head, yeah, on your own. It wasn't even from afar; it. they knew, right? Uh, but it was just unrequited. Yeah, yeah, you know? right. It was no okay. Um, mm-hmm. And I and I think that's I think that's possibly part of why like I didn't do like the whole college one night stand thing, you know, or, or you know hooking up at a frat party or a sorority party with people, you know, because I I was looking for that love, you know, as cliche and as stupid as that sounds, and as kinky as perverted as I am in you know in certain things. 
I just want to be loved. Like that's always been. Yeah, but like, probably back in that day, I have to tell you, and I'm sure you could see it looking back that you absolutely were looking for nothing. You were probably so petrified of falling in love with someone that they would leave you. So you just kept yourself in a very safe bubble and you made sure that that never happened to you. And that's why you stayed away. Right. I mean, you have to know yeah. that. No, that, that's, a, you know, when you, when you put it that way, that's exactly right. Because things like that are still sort of happening in, you know, my life today, even with friends. Like, yeah, you know, it's very like hard if you have yeah. uh, commitment phobia, you know, because of stuff that was put on you with, when you were younger. It's very hard to open yourself up and become available if you've been available for a really long time, you know? Yeah, yeah, I, I, I see what you're saying. You know, I, I always looked at it as, you know, me being safe, not wanting to, you know, get hurt, you know, yeah. I, but when you put it that way, but that's you unavailable know, that's, because you, there's no right. safety in falling in love with the, the nature of it is unsafe. I mean, everybody that does it is unsafe. There's never a guarantee. Someone could always leave you, you know, so it is for somebody that I have abandonment issues. I totally get you. I dealt a lot with unrequited love. Like, so I know a lot about what you've been through and I know how unavailable I was and what I was doing that you could sometimes seem on the outside as totally the opposite, but it was, I was totally unavailable and totally afraid of getting close and never would put myself in that. But when you're in it, you don't see it that way, you know, you, you, it's, but that's what it is, you know, and I get why you would be unavailable because of the stuff that happened to you when you were younger. And, but I do believe as somebody that had that problem myself, that it is a hard thing to get rid of because a lot of the stuff is subconscious. So, right, that story is playing out subconsciously too. So, you know, you could maybe get to the point where you feel consciously you're very ready for something, but then your subconscious will come in and fucking sabotage or whatever, you know? And that's, oh, yeah, like, I'm, that's great, I'm great at fucking self sabotage. Uh, yeah, you know, it's like, so, my, yeah. I was just saying, you know, through my years, and, and, and you know, and I, I agree with you, Kathy, because. You know what? What it is is I've I've been on a search to find myself mm-hmm. for a long time, yeah. especially since I thought I found the person that was meant for me back that in 2012. Right. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so you know, I've tried you know twelve step programs. You know, yeah. I gave up drinking for a while mm-hmm. because I was looking for myself. Mm-hmm. You know, everything trying to like get to that point where I could start loving myself, so yeah. I could love other people. Right. You know, but. You're right. I I closed up. I locked down. You know, even in the even before the pandemic, I was emotionally locked down. Yeah. Um. And you know, it it just became easier to go to the massage place and play. You know, and pay for a hand job. It like it, that's that was a self fulfilling prophecy for me. Of you course, know, like, and it was safer. Yeah. Well, exactly. Well, safer in the sense, yeah, that I'm not going to get emotionally hurt. But you know, you take the risk of. You know, the cops knocking on the door. <laughs> but wait, how old are you now, Zane? How old are you now? I am 35. So you're 35. Well, listen, you're still young in my eyes because I'm 51, right? At 35, you don't feel so young, right? Maybe. But uh, trust me, you are still. I would say as somebody that have, has had, and we'll get back to the pantyhose stuff because I know that like, that's what we're talking about. But like, we're supposed, Yeah, we're supposed it, to be talking about it. Whatever. <laughs> I don't care. I, I never have, a, I never have a, a definite idea of where a conversation is going to go. I go where right. it just goes, you know. But uh, for me, because I've lived a lot of this and I understand it, 
I could say to you that having a child, I mean, for me, having a relationship, a long-term relationship, getting married, quote unquote, was never a part of my dream or fantasy. I could care less. But having a child was always something I wanted to do and I felt like would be a regret if I was like, I always look at it like I'm on my deathbed. Would I care if I never got married? No. Would I care if I didn't have a child? Yes. And I have to say that having a child and you know, really helped open up a big part of me because that love that comes and the safety because it's your child and it's unconditional is really could is is very healing, you know. So I don't know if you ever see yourself having children or if that's a part of your plan in the future or what you know, but I, I will say that that can be very healing. It was for me. If it happens at the right time, you know, I think a lot of right. people, it could happen at the wrong time and it's not. It's a fucking nightmare. But I mean, I quit drinking at 34. I didn't have a baby till I was 46, you know, so I had a lot of years of being sober and learning how to release the drama and, you know, grow up and get my feet on the ground and, and be at peace within myself. And then I could be a good mom, you know. I don't know where you're at in that, but if that ever happens, that could really help you, you know, and I always felt like I would never be able to be capable of having a real relationship with anyone if I didn't have that first, you know, not to say though, that's for everybody. You know what I mean? Your time will be when your time comes, you know, do you ever think about children for yourself or no? I I do. I have. Um, I'm, I'm a big believer in, um, in family legacy. Mm -hmm. Um, I am the fourth Zane in my family. Yeah. Um, you know, Dad, grandpa, great grandpa, yeah, yeah, all the same name, right? Um, and you know, I look at my uh, the male side of my family, and I don't think anyone actually is 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 ready or looking to having kids at this point in time. Mm-hmm. So I used to put a lot of stress on myself that you had to, to be the one. I have to be the one. Yeah, get married, have a family, continue the family name. Mm-hmm. Like that was always. That was always something that meant a lot to me. Right. Um, was, was to carry on, you know, mm-hmm. the family. Mm-hmm. So I, but more recently, as I'm getting older, like you said, 35 isn't old, but I'm thinking the world's over, you know, at 35. <laughs> yes, um, yeah. Yeah, that, you know, I'm missing 50% of that equation for having kids and continuing the family name. You know? No, so, listen, the good thing about you is you're a guy, okay? There's no, you're, you could get, Rod Stewart has had kids at 75. I mean, you could have a child. Your sperm will be working completely yes, the I, same. I know it will, yeah. Anytime. Your, your sperm are new. Like a woman's egg is different. Like they are born with their eggs. So their eggs are as old as they are. But sperm is created in your body. Like it's not like your sperm has been there since day one and they're right, fucking right, old, right? right? So so you could yeah. have a baby at any time. So, you know, and you, you don't want to do that until the time is right for you. So, I mean, 10 right, years exactly. from now at 45, you could have a child. You know, I had a right. child as a woman at 46, which is a lot to me worse than a guy. Oh, yeah. You know? So you're fine. Yeah, I can understand. Yeah. I, I mean, but for me, I wouldn't have done it any other way. And I'm a, a much better mom than I would have been if I was 34. And I see a lot of my mom friends who are a lot younger than me and I'm like, oh, you know, maybe if they waited a little bit, because it's a very, it's a very different life, you know, so whatever. Mm-hmm. But, but so for you, that girl that you were with when you were 27, and I mean, you're 35 now, right? Like, how, like, are you not over it that like, you still look back at that one? It was a Oh, yeah, she's it? the one. Oh, yeah. No, I, I, I have a therapy session every week to talk about uh, my, my complex post-traumatic stress disorder and what that relationship did to me. Um, mm-hmm. 
she's the one. She was absolutely. Oh, well, let me rephrase that. I feel still that she was the one. That feeling might change, but I'm 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 caught up on her. Um, well, maybe she because was she never, was the only one. I mean, was, when someone be, is the only yeah. one, they of course they're going to feel like the one because there's nothing to compare it to. Right, exactly. She was, uh, but the, the the hardest part yeah. of of spending time with her and being with her um, was that she never would go home with me. She was engaged. Like that's the weirdest part of this. She was engaged for five years when I met her. Yeah, it's not weird though. I mean, if somebody that's not available for a relationship, that's the perfect person. I did the same shit, except sometimes someone was way too young for me, and I knew for a fact yeah. I'd never be with them, or they were with someone else, or you know, there was. Well, always I mean, something. she was she was she was living with the guy. Yeah, well, well whatever. She was unavailable. You know what it was? She yeah. was unavailable, and you, the reason why she feels like the one is because you were able to get closer to her than anyone because you knew yeah. on some level on that that she would never. Come, you know, so close to you that it would be fucking scary. Do you understand? So it was, if she wasn't the one, she was just perfect for you at that time because she was completely unavailable and she allowed you to get closest, you know, because of that. I mean, if you met another girl that was married, it, the same shit would happen, but you know. Probably. Yeah, but I'm saying, like, this is the one that I would sleep in the same bed with, and, you know, we'd always be together, when, even when her even when her fiancé was, was home, you know, when he wasn't out on the weekends working, he, she would be with me at the beach, you know? Right. It was a very, it was very weird. It was very weird, um, and the only reason that I still feel like I have such a strong connection to this person, um, she, b- 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 I'm trying to think of this out. So in 2014, um, her and I were just talking on the phone, texting back and forth at that time, basically. We weren't really seeing each other because um, she moved um, down to Pennsylvania um, in Jersey, not far, but, you know, not a, not really easy to, to make plans because she was, you know, with somebody else. Um, I had a dream on a Sunday night, and I called her, I texted her the next morning, and I said to her, I said, so I got a dream, I had a dream you got married this weekend. What's up with that? And her response was, how the fuck did you know that? Mm-hmm. Crazy. And then, yeah, and then like a year later, um, I was leaving a therapy session when I was doing um, intensive outpatient, and I had a, she came up in the therapy session, and I had a very strong urge to call her. Um, so I called her, and I asked her how she was doing, what's going on, and she told me she was in the hospital. And I said, are you having a baby? And she goes, yeah, uh, they're inducing me in the morning. So, like, th- things like that still just bring me back to her. Like, right. I, I don't know if I created a connection or if there was a connection. You might have that you with, know? you might just be psychic and have that, you could have that with anyone if, you, if you're if you thinking about them enough. Like, why don't you start thinking about your mailman and maybe it'll happen with him too. You know, it might not be because you guys are meant to be. It just might be because you're, you have that gift. You know, I... That's funny you say that because I remember when I reached out to you, one of the things that I said I, I had to reschedule for yes. was I had I had a reading by John Edwards, yes. the, the psychic. Yeah, um, I was hoping you'd bring that up. I like that. It stuff. was it, yeah. it was really freaky. I yeah. mean, I don't really want to go back too deep into it, but yeah. um, maybe you're right because in that session, uh, my grandfather who died in 1998 was mm-hmm. the first person to come through, mm-hmm. um, and that was insane to me. Uh, mm-hmm. Because he is the person that I've been praying to sometimes, you yeah. know, for guidance and direction. So, 
So you, maybe you're right. Maybe I've got a little something there that puts me in tune with, with certain people. So Right, because I have to perfect. tell you, and I'm just going to say, just tell you one more thing about me because I'm very, I, I lived, I, I know I've had this same issue. When You've I was got a younger, lot of empathy going on. No, yeah. it's not just empathy. I have like, experience being the same way. When I was younger, if I decided that I wanted to be with somebody, I used to be like, you know, I knew, like I would hone in on a guy across the bar and be like, that's going to be my next boyfriend and somehow it would like happen and I always believed like oh it was because it was meant to be but then so many years later when I was much older I started to think like you know maybe it's happening not because it's meant to be but because I know how to just sort of attract energy to me like it's like that whole thing that I just said like oh start thinking of the mailman and it might happen with them you know what I'm saying like it's not just I, like, I it's do. not because they're meant to be that this is happening it's just because I could because I focus so much on it and I make that decision and I put it out there it's like that law of attraction it just happens you know because which is right yeah which which is which is funny because in the same reading with John Edward he told me to act like a radio station frequency yeah. and put out what I want to receive. Yeah. So yeah. No, yeah, I agree. That's what you get. So, yeah. you know, I think that, um, you know, holding, I think, you know, if you ever want to eventually be married, have children or have a real relationship with somebody that goes farther than it did with that girl, you're going to have to let go of that. And yeah. be more honest with yourself or see it. I mean, you can't be more honest with yourself until you're ready for it, right? But once you sort of see that for what it was, because like I said, I mean, for so many years of my life, I thought that I was, it was meant to be. And I had that sort of vision and felt like, oh, it was a connection because of that. But I didn't realize that it was me just doing that because I chose them for that. Do you know what I mean? And Yeah, no, I do. You're yeah. making a lot of sense. So, you know, you're going to have to, to ever move forward, I think, you know, considering you're still having conversations, you said, with your therapist every day about this girl, you, you know, you maybe want to start having, if you want, when you want to move forward, uh, you know, sessions about letting go of her and putting an no, end I to agree. that. You know, and, maybe and have a little funeral. Something, yeah, uh, absolutely. Yeah, so you um, can unclick. You know, you got to unclick. Because, listen, a mind like yours is very powerful. So it's got to be you against you. My mind was very uh, powerful. Yeah, so I'd have to, like, mind right. fuck myself. I'm a total addict. I'm 110% in on something, whatever it is. So in order for me to click out, even if there's 1% left someplace, that 1% could be very strong. You know, it takes a very strong hold. And you got to to really unclick. It's like you against you, you know. And I've always had to really mind fuck myself to do all the work that I've had to. And like you say, it was like a boulder. I always say like everything I've done in my life because of my issues has felt like I'm moving forward with like 18 bricks tied to my neck. And I, the I only way I move forward to the next level or have what I want it, to go against my issues is like walking forward with those bricks. But th what I've done is just not stop until I get there, you know? Um, so for you, you gotta, you, you gotta let go of that girl and 
and then I think you will open yourself up for somebody else. I mean, listen, you're a part of my Patreon. You, you, I'm sure you're a part of this, com- you know, the Panios community, even if you're on the mm-hmm. down low, you know that there's so many people like you exist. You hear people on my show that have partners that accept it and are okay. So, I mean, really, and you're living in a time where things are really different. That So, it's like, it's now is your time to start coming into your own and accept who you are and open yourself up to have your first real relationship for real because you don't want to be 60 in the same way you know you're only 35 Mm -hmm. like I said to me that's young you have your whole life ahead of you and now is the time to start deciding that you want more you know and you want more as exactly who you are you know wounded into pantyhose you know all the whole fucking shebang there's tons like I I, I was gonna agree with you and you know circling it back to you know the pantyhose part that you know that I, I brought up first. Yeah. Even with that, you know, I have to let go of my insecurities. I have to let go of, of course, you know, my fears. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And you a know, lot of like, people have those about what you're into, right? That somebody would like think you're not a real man because you want to wear pantyhose or, you know, all well, the stigma that's attached to it. Right. I will say this as, mm-hmm. a, as a funny end note. Mm-hmm. The, one of the, one of the most positive and confidence building times, um, that I've had on social media or the internet or whatever yeah. is when I've gone to some of these, you know, bisexual or, or man in pantyhose type, you know, sort of forums mm-hmm. and, you know, I'll, I'll post a dick pic. I'm not yeah. ashamed, you know, yeah. and I get compliments like, mm-hmm. like dude, like, like mm-hmm. a dude complimenting a guy on his dick is to me like a big confidence boost because yeah. like, you know, you always feel inferior, but you know, here's your bro. Yeah. You, you're good. You uh-huh. know? So, so that's the problem. You know, I, I, I just have to let go. You know, it's, I hate to sound like that stupid Frozen song, but I have to let it go. And that's a very... Let go of what? The insecurity or the about the stigma attached to it, Insecurity, right? the fear, the girl, like, mm-hmm. like, like the addictions, like everything in my life has can be summed up with the phrase, let it go. Mm-hmm. And I think, and I think you're absolutely right, you know, be it the relationship or be it the, the concerns I have about myself. You're you're absolutely right. I it's a constant battle of me versus me. When yeah. I was in the rooms, somebody told me I had to get stupid because I'm too smart for my my own good. Right, you know, right, basically, mm-hmm. for sure. Know? Yeah, so, yeah. So you're you're absolutely right, and you know. I've, I know I came on to talk about my pantyhose kink, but you gave me a lot of great advice. No, I love this conversation. Let me ask you this, because we have a little bit, like 15 more minutes. I want to keep talking. You said, because like talking about letting go, right? Sometimes when things are taken from us at certain times, it's because you're ending a phase and going into another. So maybe there's a positive of a negative that you talked about in your email to me. I know that you did say that you lost your job because of sexual harassment during the pandemic, right? We're talking. I mean, you know, maybe there is a clearing out in your life and you need to move forward. Like what happened with that? Do you, so, so full disclosure. Yeah. So the event happened in February. Mm -hmm. Um, and this isn't to justify it. This is just to give you background information. For sure. I'm a member of my state's medicinal marijuana program. Uh-huh. I was having anxiety before the event. Yeah. So I took a rip on my vape before I went into this event. Big deal. I sat, I sat through the whole event. Yeah. Um, was so happy with the teachers who they were getting grants from the company I worked for uh-huh. to, you know, do innovative. So it was a company event. I worked for the company. Um, I went to a school um, because we gave a nonprofit um, um, the money to give to 
the the teachers. In the yeah, school. yeah. Okay. Um, so we were there as a corporate sponsor, uh, yeah. me only. Mm-hmm. Um, after the presentations, I was standing talking to a teacher uh, and about their project, and the photographer asked her to pose, and she held her grant you know photo up in one hand, and she threw deuces out with the other, and she stuck her tongue out, and I just went to the photographer. Well, at least it wasn't this, and I put the do you know the peace sign up to my lips like she was eating vagina, oh. and I realized <laughs> right the fuck away what I did, and I apologized profusely. I turned pale, fucking white, um, and I guess she didn't want to make a scene there, so she accepted the apology. Um, and two months later, the bank told me that she had filed a complaint and that I was suspended, and the next day I was fired. Yeah, so again, I'm not justifying what I did. I know I was wrong. That's an improper time and place. You know, the only defense I can have in my regards is I wasn't telling her to eat my, you know, I didn't want to eat her vagina or telling her to eat my vagina. I just made a bad joke. So, right. Do you think that that the weed, like, was like, because you mentioned that you vaped before. Like, do you think the weed sort of let your guard down and that's why you didn't have those proper boundaries? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I think that absolutely let my guard down. And I, and I honestly, I talked to my therapist about mm-hmm. this too. My guard was let down and full circle, the pose that she did or had in that moment triggered the girl, the memories of the girl I met in 2012 because right. she would sort of do the same body mannerisms and things. Mm-hmm. So. And then I have to say one other thing. I have to say when you apologize too much. And that's what it was. You might have made it, you might have like made her realize like this is something really bad. Like whereas maybe if you didn't say anything and just walked away, she would have forgotten about it. But you almost like maybe compelled her like I have to do something because you made her realize like you did something so bad that if she doesn't complain about it, she's wrong. Well, you know what? Like we said before during the interview, um, I tend to overreact when I'm in an emotionally yeah. high situation. Yes. Oh, my God. But on the bright side, uh, I won't say the name, but I have an interview uh, in two days with a new company after the, after we hang up. So but my question we'll, to you, like, did you like that job, the job that you were in? Did you love it? No. Right. Um, I, I will tell you this. Um, it was in, it was with giving back money to communities and nonprofits mm-hmm. and low to moderate income individuals. Mm-hmm. I was happy with the job I had with that company. Yeah. Um, but no, um, I am not a fan of corporate Wall Street funded companies right. and, and corporate policies. And and I will tell you that once the first you know inkling that Corona was going to come here to the states. You know, I, I was maybe not a whistleblower, but I was telling them, hey, guys, you know, you need to do this. You need to do this. And yeah. they were getting pissed off at me. Mm-hmm. So, right. It's hard to navigate those the, the, that world if you're somebody that has your own mind. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, needless to, needless to say, after I was fired, um, I found out that they are cutting hours as well now. So I think them getting me off the books was also important to them as more so than just fire me to, to save face. You know? Right, right, right. Of course. They're like, oh, we could cut the fat over here and we could use this as an idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so that's why I, I wrote, Yeah, go on. Sorry. I was going to say, so when I wrote you, you know, that was in a, that was in one of the downward cycles, you mm-hmm. know, of, of oh, I, I shot myself in the foot with sexual harassment. You know, I, I got this kink I'm ashamed of. My friends aren't talking to me. Like, I just needed to. You know, why aren't your friends talking bit. to you? 
the emotional sort of overreaction like I do. Like, like what happened to me after getting fired. Um, oh, when like you run back of, to your friends and start flipping out about it, and then they are eventually like... They flip out about things because I'm so down on myself. I'm being so negative. Um, and look, I'm, I'm a selfish prick. You know, like I was hurting. Uh, I, I was feeling horrible about myself. You know, I know we were supposed to socially distance and quarantine and isolate, but, you know, I have a big backyard. I asked them just to come over and sit six feet apart so we could talk. Mm-hmm. And it took until like this past weekend to to get together with one of my friends, you know. So, but I and do you see, flip I, out about that? Is that the problem? I flip out when I feel like people are still abandoning me, or forgetting, or forgetting about me, or using me. Like, right. like I, I, I'm one of a firm believer where okay, I understand people are busy, but I got to get a hit sometime. You know, like a broken clock is right twice a day. You know? Right. So. Mm-hmm. So that's when that keeps building up, it leads to those feelings of abandonment, unwantedness, you know, things like that. And I lash out because I think they're, they're, they're leaving me. You know, yeah. I have that fear of being let, you know, left behind. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, so you that's know, why it, that's, one th- why, yeah. it, that's why it happens. Right, but it, that's another one of those chicken and the egg thing because I feel like if I had your friends on the conversation, their st- side of the story would be we oh, listen be totally different. Yeah. yeah, we listen to him all the time. This is always happening. He probably never has the time to listen to me. You know, because a lot of times when you have so much stuff that you're dealing with, like somebody like you, because I have friends like that now, that and it's very hard to get out of yourself. So it's always me, 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 my problems, all my drama. You know, so it's always the attention there and it can, and if it's always the same thing, it can get exhausting for somebody else. And a lot of times those people or have a, it's hard for them to sort of be there for other people. So it's not so much of an even exchange. Yeah, I agree. And I always, and I, and I believe it. And I always tell people too, there's always two sides of the stories, mine, theirs, and the truth, three sides, mine, theirs, and the truth. So what, but you know, in situations is, like that, it's their stories is theirs and yours is yours. What you need to do, Zane, and I'm just going to tell you this, and I love this podcast because it's not so much about pantyhose, and you could come back on and we'll do a whole pantyhose we'll section. Do, we'll one. do some things. Yeah. yeah, 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 for sure. But this is an interesting one. And what I mean, I personally think, listen, if you take a hit of a, a vape and you lose your boundaries because of issues that you had when you were younger, you probably should not fucking vape and just yeah, right, really exactly. to get it your life together if you want to have the things that you deserve in life that other people have like you have to you know like I said let go of that girl stop doing any kinds of stuff in your body that you know take you outside of yourself right like you know whether it's alcohol drugs you know it's probably a good thing to just Go clean, sober, figure out who you are, try to stand, get your feet on the ground that way. That's the most powerful thing that changed me was becoming sober, 100% sober. And it, and the changes that come from that after years and years and years and years and years are just, you can't even believe, but it takes a it takes time, you know, you could one year in feel amazing and then, but 10 years, 15 years, you're like, oh my God, it's even more so. But I think for you to start conquering yourself, I think you should probably not do any of that kind of stuff. Start talking I, about yeah. letting go of everything and creating all new stuff. You're going to have a new job coming up. Like, I feel like there's a big change for you maybe happening and that's a good there thing. There is. 
I, I believe that. You're right. I believe that. Um, you know, I relied on the crutch of medicinal marijuana for my anxiety, but I've thought about the things you just said. So it's it's not completely foreign or. I always had, I have to let you know, I mean, I had lots of anxiety, panic attacks. I live with all that stuff all my life. And, you know, I I don't take anything for it and never have and haven't had any of that stuff for so many years. And it's because, and listen, let me tell you something. There's a wonderful woman, I'm sure you know of her, that Weeks is her last name. It's Claire Weeks, I think is her name. She's okay. an, an anxiety expert. You know, she's one of those that you could read her books. And like for me, because yeah. I never want to take anything, I would just like listen to her if I went on a plane. Because they tell me, like the minute they would say the door is closing on the plane, I get very claustrophobic. Get attack, yeah. Well, claustrophobia. It wasn't about dying in the plane crash. It was more about being locked in the fucking tube. Being locked in a, a, a fucking cigar tube. Between. Yeah, yeah and then being stuck on the tarmac, I would fucking flip out. But uh, the whole point is that when you tell yourself, you know, every time you have anxiety and you pick up a vape pen and you smoke it to make yourself calm down... All you're doing is telling yourself and perpetuating the, the, the belief inside of yourself that you need that. And so you're, you're just, you're, you're creating this vicious cycle that will never be done until you next time go to something, you get anxious and you say, you know what? It's just a fucking feeling. It doesn't mean anything and you keep walking forward and you don't take that vape pen and you don't do anything to get away from it. That eventually you start to build this thing that says, oh, and this belief that becomes stronger in you that you can handle it and that you're okay and that you are you don't need something to deal with your anxiety you know and and that eventually happens by learning that it is just a feeling and instead of running away from it not getting a, not being afraid of it and starting to realize that you could just get that thought cuz what happens is you get a feeling it's anxiety it's a physical thing that is actually happening but then your brain takes it to a whole other fucking level right because you get anxious about feeling anxious and then you're overthinking and then you turns into a full blown attack and you feel like you're going to go crazy or die or whatever you know but what happens, and she's really good to read her stuff because she talks all about this. But if you stop, you know, helping yourself with it, if you can, with these outside drugs, I don't know if you take stuff from your psychiatrist or therapist, whatever, that's yeah. a different thing. But the other stuff, you know, which does not fare well. I don't know how people that are on fucking Xanax, Adderall, I know so many people that are on that shit and then they're drinking and doing drugs on top of it. It's like, how do you think that shit's going to do its job? Like, you got to stay clean you know you really shouldn't be doing anything else on top of it if you really want to stay steady keep the drama out of your life no more getting fired from your jobs and have a new girl in your life that you could have a real relationship with and have real intimacy and sex with somebody for the first time in your life like being you know intimate sex you that know means something yeah yeah don't you want that if you were on your deathbed you know, what do you want to like, what, like, what, like, that's how I look at things. Cause listen, you're just going to fucking die, you know, and you got to think like, what would my regrets be and start f focusing on not having those regrets then because we don't know when that time ends but now it seems like you're in a new beginning and I always believe that everything does happen for a reason like you just wanted to call into my show and you wanted to talk about pantyhose but it be came into this kind of conversation instead and you know maybe it's because you're ready for this or needed it you know you're the one that I needed it yeah, you're the one that found you know it. you're the one that emailed me I believe that this is created on your end and for, for you for where you're at so I believe that you needed this conversation more than to just talk about your pantyhose stuff so I hope that it you take something out of it and when you hear it back it's going to be even more beneficial for you 
it's like a therapy session that you hear. When you hear yourself outside of yourself, you're going to have a different perspective. I've had people email me all the time like, why doesn't my therapist do this? Because <laughs> listening back to something like this as a third person outside of yourself really is a very different way of looking at things. And right. maybe there'll be more light bulbs. There, or what, even if there's one light bulb that goes out, off for you, it really is helpful. Because I want you to have more things in your life. I really feel like you're selling yourself short. I've been there. I understand that it took me 46 years to have a fucking baby where normal people could just go out and get pregnant in two seconds. You know what I mean? It, a lot of things that come very easily to other people have come very difficult to me and have been, but that's just the way that it is. You know, you're dealt the cards that you're dealt with, but you gotta, I believe in life, like right those wrongs, you know what I mean? And take it back mm -hmm. for yourself. And I don't care that you're fucking bipolar, that you fucking, you know, there's medication for that. I don't care that you want to put on pantyhose. There's women that would accept that, you know? What I care about is that you've never had a woman in your life either you don't have never have had sex with someone without paying for it you know and you deserve those things like everybody else so you know and start working towards that uh, all i can say is is i'll keep coming back because it works if i work it so right i'm, I'm not giving up Right, not giving up, and I appreciate that. But give up on that girl, and you know, just oh, yeah, give up, give up on yourself. Up. Yeah, no, okay. I understand that. <laughs> All right, Dane, thank you so much for calling in. If we wanted, like, if you want to call in again to do a whole panio separate, so we get more into that, it's totally fine. I like this. Listen, your pantyhose episode would take way longer to air on my regular channel because I have <laughs> so many taped ready. I can't so post. Stuff. I yeah. can't post a pantyhose episode uh, all the time. This episode is so fascinating because it's about all this other stuff that you'll be aired a lot sooner because it's a well, different topic and it's. Uh, I think a lot of people. Listen, you're not alone. Uh, if I could relate to you, a lot of people can. Tons of people. I, yeah. I hope somebody out there listening. Um, find some um, identification in yeah, what for I'm sure. going through. Yeah, through, and know, a so. lot of times what happens is that when people are on my show, people email me and say, I want to get in touch because I'm the same way and I put people together behind the scenes and people talk and, and there's a lot of change and, and stuff and growth happening in that way as well. So maybe you'll get people that'll write in that'll want to talk to you and give you help or, you know, for whatever. So I we'll see it. and I'll keep you posted when it's going to air. And thanks so much for calling in. And if you want to just do a pantyhose thing and I'll put it on my Patreon or something like, you know, just use that link to sign up for another time. Yeah. Okay. Sounds good. All right. Thanks, thanks so much. Bye. 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 Welcome to the Strictly Anonymous Podcast. Conversations with online strangers. We place ads online. Craigslist is definitely the gift that keeps on giving. Real people respond. You go to Singapore or Thailand. You can't not do it. The temptation is just too much. Real problems. Does your friend know that you're banging her? No, he has no idea. And anything goes. Motto of the show, let your grief flag fly. Probably the only good advice I'll ever give you is to rehide your whips and chain. Here is your host, Kathy.